June is almost here, and you know what that means? The summer capsule, and with it, the opportunity to join our exclusive all-access membership is coming back very, very soon. It is dropping June 2nd. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com slash episode 48 to get on the wait list. Hey there, welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe style can be easy and getting dressed should be fun. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and today we have a very special Mother's Day edition of the show. I'm going to be sharing a few of the style lessons I've learned from my mom, but last week I asked our community members to share style lessons they learned from their own moms as well, and you'll be hearing those throughout the show. A big thank you to everyone who sent in messages. I love listening to them. I wish I could have put them all on the show, and I hope everybody listening loves them too. By the way, I did not ask them to say nice things about me or about the capsules. I was not fishing for compliments, but... I am always happy to get them and I'll take them wherever I can. So thank you, ladies. Okay, and today in Lessons from Linda, I'm sharing the story of a Linda who heard her mother's voice in her head for years. In vocabulary, we're answering the question, what's the difference between capris and crops and ankle pants once and for all? And in philosophy, I am sharing a favorite quote from my own mom. Before we get started, though, your homework from episode 44, which seems like an eternity ago, was to organize your laundry and clothing care space and supplies. If you didn't do it yet, that's okay. There's always time. But this is a task that will save you time when you're caring for your clothes, and it will save you money because your things will last longer, they will look better, and they will need to be replaced less often. And if there is a task that saves you time and money, it is worth doing. All right, once you did it, Come share it in the Style Lounge. I would love to see it. Let's kick things off, as we always do, with lessons from Linda. I really wanted to share a Linda lesson with you today about a client who had a super positive story to tell about her style relationship with her mom. I did not want to start out on a negative note, but here's the problem. I don't have any stories like that. I do have one about a mom and two daughters I shopped with, and they were all so nice to each other and so supportive that I actually asked them to adopt me. They didn't, and that's okay. I love them anyway. But as far as a lesson goes, they really weren't working through tough stuff. There wasn't a whole lot of of things you should take away from that other than be really, really nice to each other. And maybe that is all the lesson you need, but I'm going to share another one anyway. When I think about Most of the women that I have worked with who have had a valuable lesson to share about the impact of their mother on on their style, it is mostly red flags and cautionary tales. And so while I couldn't start the show with a super fun, happy Linda story, I chose one that at least has a happy ending. My session with today's Linda started as a gift. And if you've followed me for a while, you know I really hate my services to be given as a gift. I feel... No, I I know that when a woman is ready to feel great about herself, my products and services can be life-changing. I say that without ego, and I can only say it because of all of the stories and emails that my clients and you all have shared with me, and I appreciate them so much. When a client is ready for change and we connect, magic can happen, and she can have a super transformative experience. However, When a client didn't ask for that kind of change and didn't ask for transformation and she gets the gift in quotation marks of my services, it's kind of like saying happy birthday or Merry Christmas. I love you. Now be different. It's 
not very nice to tell someone that their style sucks. It just isn't. This has happened a few times. And really, I only have a few horror stories throughout my entire career, but almost all of them have been about clients who were given the gift of me. And maybe someday I will share them all with you. Maybe we could do like a Halloween horror story episode, which that might be kind of fun. But really, this has led me to grilling people around the holidays or anytime people say, oh, I want to get a gift from your for my mom. And most of the time, I talk people out of hiring me as a gift for that reason. I never want to be a part of making somebody feel bad about themselves. But this Linda was given the gift of me before I started discouraging people from really doing them. I got to her house and we chatted and we started going through her closet. Like most of my clients, what Linda had was fine. Most of it was perfectly fine. Her things were nice. They were in good condition and they were pretty basic. On her style questionnaire, when I asked for three words to describe her style, she wrote, I don't have a style. And honestly, she didn't. This isn't to say that she had bad style or a style that was different from mine or clothes that were out of fashion. It's just that everything was completely nondescript. There were no colors that stood out. There weren't a lot of patterns. There were no fun shoes. Over the years, I've had hundreds of women tell me, oh, I don't have a style, but it's really rare that I don't find one or two favorite colors in a closet that kind of lead me down a path or leopard print scarves instead of soft floral scarves or a pair of standout shoes that allude to who my client is or who at least she wants to be style-wise. But this Linda's closet looked like it had been put together by the wardrobe department of the Witness Protection Program. You could not pick this Linda out in a crowd if you tried. During our closet edit, we didn't get rid of much. Again, everything was fine, and she didn't have strong opinions on anything one way or the other. Most of what she said was, well, it's fine. Yeah, no, I like this. It's fine. But she didn't love anything. She didn't hate anything. She just kind of felt fine about it. I left her house a little frustrated, more with myself because I couldn't figure out what was going on or how to help Linda get what she needed or even if she wanted this at all. I was really in the dark. The next week, though, we went shopping, and I loved shopping with clients because it's a slower pace than doing closet edits. There's the time we walk from store to store or stand at the cash wrap waiting for the cashier, and those down moments allow for real conversation and for me to get to know my clients. I was determined to crack this case, and in one store, Linda had said something that gave me my first clue. A couple of the things I, I pulled out, she said, it's a little bold. Now, I'm going to let you in a little secret about how I work. Often when I'm working with tough clients who I couldn't read, I would pull the boldest, sometimes the ugliest thing I could find to try and elicit a strong reaction and force them into a feeling one way or the other. It's often easier to get to where somebody does want to go when they tell you what they don't like about something. So that was a trick that I used. This was not that. These were not over-the-top, bold, in my opinion, ugly things. One was a casual, tweedy, blue boucle jacket of really subtle pinks and burgundies, and the other was a pair of olive green chinos. Neither were at all bold. So as we were walking around the mall, I said, Linda, talk to me about bold style. What does that mean to you? And she said, anything that stands out. And I was like, aha, you are in the witness protection program, which of course I did not say. I just said, huh, tell me more about that. 
which by the way, is the best line in the entire world. If you want to get to know someone, just say, hmm, tell me more about that. And then just shut up. They will tell you everything you want to know. You are going to get some good stuff. And here's what Linda told me. When she was young, she had a physical challenge that affected the way she walked and moved. And because kids can be mean little jerks, let's be honest, she was teased for it. One of the ways her mom told her to deal with it was to avoid being noticed, not to be too loud or to volunteer for things in class or, wait for it, to wear things that stood out. By the time that we were working together, many, many years had gone by and Linda's physical challenge had worked itself out. You would never know it was ever there, but for her entire life, Linda had it in her head that she should dress to avoid attention. She did not buy things she loved or anything that would stand out and be noticed. She specifically bought clothes to fly under the radar undetected. The next door that we went into, I said, hey, Linda, let's play a game. Let's play do I like this? And only pick out things you really, really like. I told her, you don't have to buy them. I won't even make you try them on. Let's just pick them out and hold them. Now, I knew where this was going to go, and we ended up in the fitting room trying on the things that Linda loved. And it turned out she loved classic preppy style with a lot of color and bold jewelry. We were in the fitting room, and I was fixing her sleeves and tucking things and rolling pants like I do. I moved out of the way and Linda saw herself. There is this look women give when they see themselves in a mirror, the way they have seen themselves in their minds or the way they have wanted to look for a long time. And it gives me goosebumps every single time. It's actually giving me goosebumps now as I'm recording this. It is not a big grin. It's just a little smirk, almost shy, but it is so powerful. Linda gave that look and I got goosebumps and I actually teared up a little bit. One thing I have learned from watching women in fitting room mirrors for almost 20 years is that when a woman tries on something, her hands immediately go to the area she's most uncomfortable with. Like she'll pick at her midsection or pull the fabric around her rear end down. She'll mess with, you know, the fabric across her thighs, but she will put the part she's happiest with physically closer to the mirror. Now I know right now you're like, that's not a thing, but Pay attention. Next time you try something on, see if it doesn't happen to you. Anyway, Linda took an entire step forward toward the mirror and then she smiled. And all she could say is, I love this. I love this. And I had to leave the fitting room so she wouldn't see me cry. It absolutely gutted me that she hadn't felt that way basically her whole life, her entire adult life at least. We decided we were going to turn things around and really focus on things she loved. She had enough, good enough in her wardrobe, and we vowed not to bring anything home that she didn't love. We had so much fun on that shopping trip, and then she hired me to do another shopping session and then another closet edit where we got rid of so much stuff. Linda was no longer in the wardrobe witness protection program, and she finally had a closet full of clothes that felt like her, and yes, that stood out. There are two things I want you to take away from this, Linda. First, moms, don't screw up your kids. Words matter, so choose yours carefully. I think we know more today about the effect of our words on our children than we did decades ago, but let's use that knowledge to keep our kids as damage-free as possible. We're going to talk more about this in philosophy, but the things you say when your kids are little, stick with them forever 
ever. I can't tell you all the grown women I have worked with who have issues with their bodies or their wardrobes or even have trouble saying, I like that sweater because of the things their mom said to them or the lessons that they learned from their moms when they were little. So be very, very careful with your words and actions and their long reaching effects. The second lesson is to the women who have grown up with baggage like this, put the emotional luggage down. Do an internal check for all the BS you were told when you were growing up and realize that your mom's intent wasn't to damage you for life. She was just human and fallible as we all are. But whatever lesson you learned about how you should feel about clothes or style or your body, it doesn't have to rule your life today. If it was a good lesson and it helps you and you it serves you, by all means, hang on to that one. But if it's limiting and makes you feel bad about yourself, don't wait another day to say, thanks mom, but that one doesn't work for me. And then do and wear what makes you feel fabulous. We're going to hear from one of our listeners, and then we will be back with the word of the week. Hi, Jennifer. My name is Carity Thomas. I'm calling from Salt Lake City, Utah. And in response to your question, the best style advice that my mom gave me is that no matter what is going on in your life, whether you have a newborn baby at home and you're not leaving the house, or as it was for her, you are recovering from brain surgery and chemotherapy and aren't allowed to drive so you're not leaving the house. Or especially now with myself, two little kids being stuck at home because of coronavirus, she taught me that you will always feel better if you get up, get showered, put on clean clothes that make you feel good, do your hair, and put on some mascara. And this is so true, and it has served me well through many different times in my life when I didn't feel like doing anything. So thanks, Mom. Hope that you are watching from heaven. And uh, my sisters and I, all four of us, we still talk about that to this day and, and what great style advice that was from my mom. Bye. I wanted to do a vocabulary word that fit with the mom theme of this episode, but it turns out there is not a fashion word that only applies to moms. So I thought I would cover something moms love instead. A question I get asked all the time is, what is the difference between an ankle pant, a cropped pant, and a capri pant? And most importantly, where should they hit on my leg? Just like with the khaki, chino, twill pants discussion we had a few episodes ago, it's important to remember that while there are actual definitions and technical differences, stores just call things whatever the heck they want to call them. That is why it is so important to understand the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law, so you can find what works for you no matter what it's called. First of all, let's get cropped pants out of the way. Cropped pants are a broad category that has no actual definition of where they should end. Crop pants are any pants that are shorter than full-length pants, but longer than shorts. They can end anywhere from your ankle to right below your knee. And in a little bit, we will talk about how to find your best cropped pants. Ankle pants, on the other hand, these do have an actual definition. Ankle pants are pants that end right above the, say it with me, Ankle. Good job. Good job. There is not a hard and fast rule about how long ankle pants should be, but in general, they should be within a couple of inches of your ankle bone. So many women overthink this and really, please don't. I have ankle pants that hit the ankle bone and some that are a few inches above it. Having your ankle pants be the perfect length is not what style is about. 
I think the most important thing is that it should look intentional, like your pants are supposed to be a little bit short, especially if socks are involved in your ankle pant get up. If you need more guidance on socks and ankle pants and shoes and all that good stuff, head back to episode 16, all about shoes, where I discuss that in depth. Now let's talk about capri pants. Capri pants also have general guidelines. They are meant to hit higher on the leg, but there's still a big variation in what technically qualifies as a capri pant. Capris can end anywhere from the top of the calf to right below the calf. And this is where we start getting into ankle pant territory. Once it creeps down a couple inches below that calf, you are into ankle pants. Usually capris will hit somewhere on the calf and this is what makes them tricky. Now, I know what you came here for in this discussion is to know where your cropped pants should hit. And the answer is, it depends. First, it depends on the look you're trying to achieve. Ankle pants are a little dressier and more polished, while capris are more relaxed and casual. But it also depends on your legs. If you've been around for a minute, you know that one thing I say often is never put a horizontal line across the widest part of anything unless you want it to look bigger. Now, I'm not just talking about striped tops. This is the hem of your pants, too. So many women, especially pairs and high-waisted hourglasses, it just goes with the body type, don't love their legs, especially their calves, and so they refuse to wear shorts, opting for crop pants instead. And then they choose a pair that ends right across the widest part of their calf, that part they don't love, making their calves look even bigger and cutting off their legs so they look shorter. This is not, has never been, and will never be a winning strategy. Every leg has a sweet spot where cropped pants should end for maximum flattery. And it is different for every woman. For most women, it is below the calf to somewhere right above the ankle. So think a long capri to an ankle pant. It is usually not right across the calf. Now with that said, apples and inverted triangles who are bigger on top than on bottom can often benefit by making their legs look a little bit more substantial. It balances out their body. But what you have to do is really find the sweet spot on your leg. And the way you do that is through trial and error. Put on a pair of cropped pants or ankle pants, leave one leg long and start rolling the other one. It's kind of like an eye test. Roll once, better or worse. Roll another time, better or worse. Take pictures so you can objectively see which is better. Then once you find your sweet spot, just get a small tattoo right there so you don't forget. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Do not go get a tattoo because I told you to. That is taking style perfection a little bit too far. But maybe keep that picture on your phone or better yet, measure the inseam so you can get it right every time. So if once you find that sweet spot, take off the pants, measure the inseam. If it is 24 inches, you know that if a pants says it's 24 inches inseam online, it's perfect for you. If you know, if you buy one that is 27 inches, you may have to get it tailored a little bit, but at least you know the exact measurement for what looks best on you. The other question I get about ankles, capris, crops is this, won't they make my legs look shorter and won't they make me look shorter? Well, yes and no. Ankle pants do not make you or your legs look shorter. As a matter of fact, ankle pants make you look taller. It's a weird illusion that makes it seem like your legs are too long for your pants. So if this is a concern of yours, go for ankle pants instead of capris. 
capris, on the other hand, absolutely make your legs look shorter, especially if they're right across the middle of your calf. You are better off, if this is a concern of yours, to go shorter, like a Bermuda short, even a pedal pusher that goes right below the knee or longer into ankle length territory. I always tell my clients that we either need to see the majority of your leg in pants or the majority of your leg in just bare. It half and half is sort of the worst option. By the way, that's kind of true for shorts as well. Longer is not always better from a leg length perspective. If your legs are long, this may not matter to you so much, but if you want to make your legs look longer, this is absolutely something to consider. Um, and if you are going for maximum length, ankle pants will always be your best bet. Okay. I hope that clears up one of the great spring summer wardrobe mysteries. Now we're going to hear from another one of our listeners, and then we will be back with philosophy. Jennifer, it is wonderful that you've actually asked us this question. My mom was born in 1917, and today is the 103rd anniversary of her birth. She lived to nearly 99, and one of the things that she always told me was to buy quality. And I know this is something you say all of the time, but it really rings true. My mom was born during the First World War and came of age during the Great Depression, the first Great Depression, and had her children during the Second World War, her first set of children, that is. I came much later. She knew that she had to make things last, but to make things last, they had to be of great quality. So she taught me how to look at seams and how to look at how leather was stitched together. And she always said, invest in your shoes, your coat, and your handbag, because those are the things you wear all of the time. And that is really something I've taken to heart. Thank you so much for all that you're doing to support style and give us great ideas and inspiration during these crazy COVID times. We really appreciate it. Today, I was going to share a Naomi Wolf quote that I have shared before, but I actually want to share a quote from my own mom, and you can consider this a bonus lesson from her. And in fact, it's probably the most important one of all. I will put the Naomi Wolf quote in the show notes, though, because it's really good. As you probably know, I was a child of the 80s, which means I wore terrible things, horrible, hideous, awful things. One day I was over at my mom's house and we were looking through pictures and we were laughing and joking. And I said, how on earth could you let us out of the house looking like that without missing a beat or any hesitation? She gave me the most profound parenting advice I have ever gotten and that I use all the time. She simply said, you thought you looked great. Who was I to tell you otherwise? Y'all, that little statement, that simple statement is so powerful. It is such good stuff. In that moment, she prepared me to be the mother of girls, or at least to deal with the crazy things that they wanted to wear that were not my style, but were theirs. She encouraged me to put aside my fears that their teachers would think that I was colorblind or that I drank a lot in the mornings while I was getting them dressed. And it taught me that something doesn't have to be my style to be good style. And that has really served me well in this job. But most importantly, in that moment, she taught me not to be the person to burst their bubbles. One morning when my oldest daughter was five, she came into my room as I was putting on my makeup in the bathroom and I could see her in the mirror behind me. What she was wearing made my jaw drop. And all I could say was, wow, now that is an outfit. Her little five-year-old self lit 
up and she said, I know. Sometimes I put on things that people wouldn't think look good together, but then I think I look amazing. In that moment, she thought she looked great. And if I had told her otherwise, I would have taken the wind out of her sails right then. But worse, I would have made her question herself and not try things and not have confidence. Instead, she thought she looked great and I wasn't going to tell her otherwise. She went to school like that that day, and I couldn't have cared less. Personal style is just that. It is personal. It doesn't matter if you like what your kids are wearing. If they do, celebrate it. When I work with women who have a hard time expressing what they like or trying new things, I often find they had moms who were controlling or critical about what they wore as kids. Take yourself out of your kids' style equations. It is not about you. Yes, you are allowed to have rules and guidelines, but there needs to be some room for self-expression so they can learn to like the way they look and feel confident about themselves. And yes, develop personal style. This is how personal style is made, by trying things, by making your own mistakes, and by just liking the way you look. Remember, the things we say when they are little stick with them, so make it positive and don't be the person to take the wind out of your kids' sails. Before I share a few more style lessons I've learned from my mom, we're going to hear from another listener, and then I've got a very special announcement to make. Hi, my name is Courtney, and I'm from Virginia, and the style lesson I learned from my mom was get expert help when you're out of your league. When I was... 18, she took me to get my colors done. And since she had been dressing me in pastels since I was a little kid, and we got my colors done, and I found out that actually I really need warm and jewel tones, it was a huge revelation for me. And then later in life, when I was sort of chatting with my brother about how I wish my mom had given me a little more style, um, he said, Well, you can't give what you don't have. So seeing that my mom really was challenged on the style front, one of the things I'm really grateful for her from her was that she took me to someone who was an expert and who knew more and I could get advice from someone that it was in their wheelhouse. So I've learned a lot from others over the years and I'm so grateful for Jennifer Mackey Mary and Everyday Style and what I've learned from her. Happy Mother's Day. Friends, I am so excited for this. Every week I get emails asking for referrals to local wardrobe stylists in your area who can help you. The truth is I don't know that many across the country, although I do know there are plenty out there. But even if I did have a list, I would be hesitant to share it. I don't know if that stylist knows his or her stuff. I don't know if they are a good, kind person, which is most important to me. And honestly, I don't even know if they have good style. Which is why, my friends, we are launching the Everyday Style Network next year. Qualified applicants will be able to go through the Everyday Style Certification course, where I will teach you everything you need to know to get the Everyday Style stamp of approval and become a certified stylist. Once you're certified, you are free to start or continue your own styling business serving clients your way, but you will be listed on our website. So when listeners want a stylist in their area, they know they're getting someone who has an eye for style and a heart for serving women and knows how to do things the right way. 
Certified stylists will also have ongoing support from me as well as their fellow certified stylists. This is the training and the support I wish I had had when I was just starting. If you are listening to this and thinking, oh, I would be so good at this, or my daughter, cousin, friend, sister, mother would be so good at this, there is a form on our show notes to get on the list for more information when it comes out. We are in the early stages and we're just gathering information. You can head over to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash episode 48. You can fill it out. And then when we know more, when we have more details, we will let you know. Again, we are in the very early planning stages, but we're going to keep our first round small and we already have people on the list. So get your name on the list if you're even a little bit curious. Okay, ladies, it is time to drop some mom wisdom on you. I have planned to have my mom on the show for a while because she is so wise and I would love for you to have heard these lessons and more straight from her. But given the times we're living in, having her over wasn't an option, being together wasn't an option. So here we are and I'm just going to share these lessons with you. I am absolutely going to have her on the show in the future though. Maybe next Mother's Day we will do a life lessons I've learned from my mom. And believe me, she has got some good ones. But for today, we'll stick to style and I will just share from my perspective. If you have ever gotten a good tip from this show or my capsule guides have helped make getting dressed easier and more fun for you, you have my mom to thank. If you want her address to send her a card, I will happily give it to you because the first lesson I want to share that I learned from my mom is that shopping and clothes are fun. You know how some families are hockey families or soccer families or all around sporty families? Well, our family had a sport too, and it was shopping. And y'all, we were good at it. We were like world champs of shopping. My mom knew where all the sample sales were going down. You know, those kind where women are like fighting over handbags and trampling each other for a deal. Yeah, I saw all that stuff happening before I was 10 years old. We went outlet shopping before it was fashionable. We used to take these little day trips to a small out-of-the-way town for deals on Benetton. If you guys remember Benetton, I think I just aged myself again. And my mom's happy place is TJ Maxx. I joke with her that someday, hopefully a long, long time in the future, I'm going to scatter her ashes in the shoe department of TJ Maxx because that is where she is happiest. Over the years, clients have been impressed by my shopping stamina, but I got to tell you, I've got nothing on my mom. She holds the record for marathon shopping ability, but my favorite story is this. I have a younger sister who was born in late December in Minnesota. Now, for those of you who don't know, that means it was cold, really cold. The day we picked my mom and newborn baby sister up from the hospital, according to Google, the high was 10 degrees, and that is negative 12 for my Celsius listeners. So yeah, cold. Most people would take that as a sign to take your four-day-old baby straight home, right? Nope, not Sonia. Oh no. Upon getting in the car, she said, I need to stop at the mall. So our family went to Dayton's, which was a wonderful department store that was eventually eaten up by Macy's, as all good department stores were. I don't remember how long we were out or even what she bought, but the takeaway is this. My little sister was in a mall before she was even in her house at four days old. Friends, that is dedication to shopping. So when I tell you that this is in my blood, now you know I am not kidding. I was truly meant to do this. 
And while my mom is more of a gatherer in her approach to shopping, I've grown to be a hunter and I believe in being selective and targeted in my approach to buying. But what she did instill was a sense that clothes should be fun and that you shouldn't be afraid of trying new things and that you should buy the things that light you up. These are principles that I share every day and they're foundational to everyday style. Without my mom and the shopping training she gave me, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now. Maybe you want to go straight home after being discharged from the hospital and that's okay, but you can still take away to have fun with clothes and style. Let's hear from another listener and then I will share another mom lesson. My name is Andrea and I am from Georgia. And one of the lessons that I learned from my mom about clothes growing up was to not buy something that I did not love. I remember going shopping many, many times and being in the dressing room and standing there humming and humming over an outfit. And I remember my mom always saying, well, if you don't love it, don't buy it because you're probably not going to wear it. And she was right because anytime I would buy something that I wasn't sure about, Maybe I would wear it once, but I probably wouldn't wear it again. And I feel like that really goes back to the capsule and how great the capsule is because it limits what you're buying. And so you really want to think about, is this something I love and am I going to wear it? Because if not, I probably don't need to buy it. So that was just one one of the many lessons I learned when shopping with my mom. So thanks, mom. The second lesson my mom taught me was more practical in nature, and that is the power of accessories. I bet if you asked people who know my mom about her style, they would talk about her shoes and her jewelry, especially in her working days. She was a shoe addict, and I can still picture the boxes stacked in her closet labeled taupe heels or navy loafers. There were shoes for every single occasion for every outfit. The woman loved shoes. Still love shoes. I shouldn't talk about her in the past tense. Also, the top drawer of her dresser was an absolute treasure trove of fun accessories, especially interesting necklaces. Also, because of her shopping prowess, she finds fab accessories everywhere. She's always on the lookout for them. We went to lunch a few months ago and I said, oh, I love that necklace. Where did you find it? And she told me it was from the grocery store. I was like, I buy food at the grocery store. Where the heck are you shopping? And it wasn't even like Target. It was just a legitimate grocery store. But she found a necklace there. She has a knack for finding interesting pieces everywhere. And when she finds a piece that speaks to her, she buys it. When I think about my mom's wardrobe, I don't think, oh, that's boring. But her clothes tend to be more basic. But she's always got a great necklace or earrings or a cool sculptural pin to keep things interesting and personal. And now that I'm saying this, I realize that's kind of my style as well, which brings me to lesson number three, which you will hear right after this lesson from a listener. Hi, Jen. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I live in rural Montana. I am going to give you three of my mom's top style pieces of advice. The first one, she travels a lot. So the first one is you can do a ton with two basic colors of pants and a lightweight jacket. She's really good at accessorizing with scarves and necklaces and dressing up or dressing down. So that's one of her travel hacks. The second thing is to dress for your age and body type. And that sounds a lot like the advice that you give. The third is figure out what colors look best on you and then 
at least loosely stick to them. She says she has a, she had a brown suit in college and it sounded, sounds really drab, but that was her favorite suit. She always looked super cute in it. And at the time she didn't really know why, but that's the suit she was wearing when she met my dad. And then later a girlfriend of hers did her colors and it turns out she was a fall and brown's just one of her really good colors. So she recommends to sticking to colors that flatter your skin tones. Lesson number three is that my mom knows how to dress herself. She has taken the time and put in the effort over the years to figure out what works for her and she sticks to it. From the silhouettes she chooses to the colors she wears, she knows what looks good on her and she doesn't really deviate from it. My mom and I are built very similarly. We are bigger on top, no butt, good legs, and there are certain outfit formulas she has gravitated to over the years that look remarkably like the outfit formulas that I look best in. Because we have the same build and she knows how to dress herself, she did impart advice over the years like raglan sleeves look best and look for straighter dresses without a waist, although there was never like a formal sit-down masterclass dressing the apple body type. I don't think she had a word for it. She just knew how to dress me because she knew how to dress herself. A few years ago, we were shopping and I picked up something I thought she'd like and she said, oh, I don't look good in black. And at that moment, I realized I'd only seen her wear black rarely, like a handful of times. I can't even think about anything black she owns right now. She chooses gray or navy or taupe, which absolutely are better for her. She never made a fuss about black looks terrible on me or I can't wear turtlenecks. She just wore things she knew looked good. Now that I dress people for a living, I know for a fact that she and I share the least common body type, and it can be incredibly difficult to find clothes that feel like they were made for us. And of the 12 color types, the coloring that my mom and I share makes up less than 5% of the population. Now, it would have been very easy for her to complain that nothing looks good or to have a wardrobe full of unflattering clothes or to have nothing at all, but she didn't. She always had a wardrobe full, quite literally, of clothes that were flattering and that she loved. I think there's a huge lesson in that. This is not to say that she didn't lament being tough to fit because that was a refrain I heard a lot growing up, but she didn't give up on style and that made all the difference. There are so many lessons I've learned from my mom, both style and otherwise, but today let's recap these three. First, have fun with style. It is okay to have fun with clothes and to have fun shopping if that floats your boat. I know that I preach a lot that we shouldn't recreational shop, and I think that's probably a lesson I learned from growing up as well and uh, something not to do, but it's okay to enjoy hitting the mall, looking for the things that you need and enjoying the process of buying clothes and having fun with style. So that's number one. Number two, accessories are the key to a great wardrobe, especially things that really light you up and are interesting and unique and different and speak to your personal style. Even if your wardrobe is basic, having those pieces will tie it all together and make your wardrobe seem really stylish. Finally, know how to dress yourself and focus on finding the things that are great for you rather than being discouraged by the things that aren't right for you. This week for your homework, I encourage you to think about the style lessons you learned from your mom, both positive and negative. Send gratitude for the ones that help you and serve you and let go of the ones that don't. 
You are now a grown woman who can decide if the things you learn from your mom are valid or not. If you are a mom of daughters, I also want you to think about the style lessons you want to pass down. If your daughter was calling into a podcast 20 years from now, what would you want her to say? And how are you making that happen? How are you reinforcing that lesson? If you are up for a little bit of extra credit, I encourage you to call your mom this week and tell her about an outfit she wore when you were a kid that made her look beautiful. I bet it will really surprise her and absolutely knock her socks off that you remember that. And if you are no longer able to call your mom, share that memory of her with your own kids or come tell us about it in the Style Lounge. I would love to hear those stories. A big thank you to my own mom without you and these lessons quite literally none of this would have been possible. So thank you, mom. I love you. That's it. I will see you Monday with office hours, everybody. Class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end here. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com for show notes, freebies, and a link to join my free Facebook community, the Everyday Style Lounge. And if the Everyday Style School podcast is helping you love getting dressed again, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. Thanks, Style Sister. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.